0: grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, before we go too further today, um, you'll notice when you look at your worship or message notes for today, you'll notice there's an extra part at the bottom talking about what we learned by Jesus, uh, uh, talking about uh, what we're going to talk about today. I'm not going to cover that during the sermon because when I put that in, it it was an extra five to ten minutes, and this is already a long enough one, and I didn't think you would Wanted to be here all morning. So I am going to put some resources about that on our Facebook and also the website later this week so you, so you can look at. So those last couple of questions won't be covered during the sermon. So but we got a lot to go through. So so we're continuing our Lenten series about getting through what we're going through because we all go through stuff in our lives. We all go through broken relationships, health concerns, work stress, and home stressors, just to name a few. Lent is a natural point in our church here where we as Christians take the time to look at our relationship with God and with Jesus. It's a time of the year where we are encouraged to ask deep questions about our faith and to find and refine spiritual practices that will help us along this journey of faith. Now last week we talked about Moses and Peter, two important and influential leaders of our faith, but two people who had also had to deal with fears like we do. We heard about the responses that God and Jesus gave to both Peter, Moses, and even our own fears. We heard them give their commitment that no matter what the struggles, no matter what obstacle jumps up to block our path, that Jesus and and God were the I Am that was committed to loving loving us and walking with us. So this week we're going to be talking about the dip. The disappointment dip. No, not the guy up in the, up here. But I think we all run into this, this type of dip, though, no matter if we've been Christians for nine seconds or 90 years. And I invite you, again, to pull out those message notes, if you haven't done so already. And I would have you look at the bottom of those notes. And you will see a diagram that sort of looks like a ski slope. What this is is a diagram about how we can look at our faith from time to time. Now, the first part I want you to look at is that hill on the left side. The hill symbolizes a mountaintop experience of faith. It's a time in our faith life where we feel God is close to us. You know, the sermon could be the exact thing that we really need to hear that Sunday. Or maybe the hymns brought up an upwelling of emotion that made us realize something about the nature of God. Or maybe it was when we helped somebody else out. We found that closeness, the connection to God. And we can feel that God is with us. Now, I'd like you to take your Bibles that are in front of you, and either you can open up to page forty-four, which is Exodus three, or use your Bible apps if you'd like. Again, we're on Exodus three. And if you look in your Bible here, again, that's on page forty-four. This part of Exodus is entitled "Moses at the Burning Bush." God is present. And we see that in chapter 3, verse 5. Then it says, then God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. With God being present, Moses eventually agrees to become the one who goes to Egypt with his brother Aaron to talk to Pharaoh about getting the Israelites free. I can't even imagine what that would have felt like. Now, if you go back to your sermon notes, if you continue to trace your finger to the right, you will see there's a dip. It's a place where we can feel very disconnected from God. It might be a place where the prayer concerns that you have don't happen the way that you hoped they would. Or maybe they actually turn out exactly opposite of what you hoped for. It's a place where it can feel like a lot of work to go to church. It can be a place where you wonder about, why did I get passed over for promotion when I've been talking to God and praying to God about this for the last six months? Again, it is a place where we don't feel the presence of God. Now, if you feel like this today, I want you to know that you're in a safe place, and more importantly, know that you are not alone in this space. It is a space and place that many of us have seen before. And we see it in our first reading for today. Now please turn to Exodus chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. These verses take place right after Moses and Aaron got done talking to Pharaoh. That same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people as well as their supervisors, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before, Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But you shall require of them the same quantity of bricks as they have made previously. Do not diminish it, for they are lazy. This is why they cry. Let us go and offer sacrifice to our God. Let heavier work be laid on them. Then they will labor at it and pay no attention to deceptive words. Oh, and it gets worse. Now I want you to jump ahead to verse 21 of chapter 5. Now the Israelites are talking to Moses after they had heard about this Pharaoh's decree. And they said to Moses and Aaron, The Lord look upon you and judge. You have brought us into bad odor with Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. This is not what Moses wanted, was it? The people who he had wanted to help out were now cursing him out. He was just trying to do what God had told him to do. He was doing the right thing. And look what happened. He didn't deserve this. I mean, where is this God who promised to be with him? And doesn't this sort of sound familiar? Haven't we felt like this before? Where were What happened when we thought we had done what was good and pure, and we end up in the same place that Moses does today? Whether it be a broken relationship, a Passover for a promotion, a procedure that should have worked and didn't, we didn't deserve this. I mean, where is God? We all, Moses and ourselves, have hit the dip, the disappointment dip. Now we have to figure out how we're going to get through this dip. And this is important because the actions we take in this disappointment dip can affect our relationship with God. And there are three things we can do in the dip of disappointment. The first one is we can depart from the path. We say things like, God, I don't see you near. I can't feel your presence, so that must mean you have abandoned me. We often think what is good for the goose is good for the gander, and we walk away from our Heavenly Father. The second one is we deny our current reality. We want to walk back up the hill, back up to that mountaintop experience. We can't and we won't engage what is going on in our lives. Instead, we focus on what happened in the past. Finally, our third option when we are in the dip is to be determined to push through. We want to know what God has for us on the other side, so we stay the course. We keep prodding God, and we stay engaged with the current situation. And this is what Moses does in our text for today. This is what we need to learn about today, so we know how to get through what we are going through. And the first lesson we can learn from Moses is that when you are in the dip, you return to God. As human beings, it's so easy to depart from the path. When we have this dip in our lives, it's very easy for us not to go to church. It's hard for us to pray and even to pick up our Bibles. Moses reminds us that we need to engage with God. Now let's look at chapter 5, verse 22 in your Bibles. Then Moses turned again to the Lord. This doesn't mean that we we let Um, We take it easy with God. If we look a little further into verse 22 and 23, it says, O Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Why did you ever send me? Since I first came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has mistreated your people, and you have done nothing at all to deliver your people. Moses doesn't pull any punches, does he? What Moses didn't do, though, was run away. Moses engaged with God and was truthful about what he felt and thought. And this is a good thing, because you know what? God can take it. God doesn't mind the hard questions or the sharp thoughts. In fact, it shows a maturity in our relationship with God. The next lesson we learn from Moses is that when you're in the dip, refuse to take the easy way out. And Moses could have done this. He could have told God, well, just forget you and forget this. I'm going to back to 10 sheep back in Midian. And just so you know, there's always going to be a shortcut in the dip. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's even cheating on a test. There's always going to be a short-term fix that's going to, to help out right away. But will not come through for us in the long term. Alcohol might help you through the the short-term pain of getting over a job loss, but it doesn't cure the loss or help you find a job later on down the road. This is why we say that the easy way is not usually God's way. This is why we need to stay on course. Finally, when you're in the dip, remember you are never alone. I think so often we feel the dip is a place where we are marooned on a desert island. And it's nothing further from the truth. We hear that truth from God in his response to Moses. He tells Moses two things about his commitment to him and to God's people. God tells Moses, I am and I will. So let's jump to Exodus chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. And every time you hear, I am or I will... You can either underline it in your Bible, which is okay to write in your Bible. That's good. That means people are using them. Or in your app, if you have that, you can underline it as well. So every time you hear, I am or I will. The text begins as this. I have also heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are holding as slaves. And I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the Israelites, I am the Lord. And I will. I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians, and deliver you from the slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. God says, I am three times to remind Moses that God hasn't fallen off God's throne or that God hasn't forgotten God's people. God says, I will to let Moses know that where they are right now is not the end of the story, but just the beginning. And when God gets done with the situation, things will change, and change for the better. These principles of returning to God, refusing to take the easy way out, and remembering we are never alone, are the principles that we should live by when we are in this dip. When we do this, our relationship with God gets stronger. Suddenly the things we are going through don't have the same effect on us, because we don't do them by ourselves. We live in the promise of a God who tells, I am with you, and I will honor the promises I have made to you from your birth. When we realize this, the dip is not the end destination of our faith, but the beginning to a higher peak. A higher peak which leads us to a better relationship with God and Christ, and helps us through what we're going through. Amen.